0: Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken magically gathering arena content.
1: Yeah, basically we're regular dudes drinking irregular beer, talking about magic, and telling you how you can jumpstart your MTG arena collection.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this week we are talking about some exciting news that we just found out about and also the arena opening that is happening this weekend. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? Okay, so
1: this week I brought Beach Freak. Mm. Uh, It's a pale ale from Black Bellows. Uh, I've never tried anything from Black Bellows, I don't think, so this will be my first experience. And a pale ale is always a a nice way to, you know, to test out a new brewery. Uh, But mostly I picked it because it has like a musclehead shark on a beach showing their guns, you know? Uh, and, uh, as you pointed out, you know, the, there's the, uh, the much loved Bulette from the new, yes, <laughs> the new set. That's kind of like a shark. It's a land shark. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's D and D related. <laughs> it's, uh, it, and this it, is a land shark, right? Yeah. So, exa- he's he's a,
0: like, a shark that's on the beach, right? He's be- that's right. Yeah, with yeah. legs. Exactly um that's interesting you brought something from black bellows because i also brought something from black bellows
1: what, what that, all that
0: happened um, takeover so this is their uh it's just called white <laughs> it's their white um it's a wit like beer name. yeah it's a Whit beer with elderflower it's five percent mm-hmm. and the uh the can just has a picture of their brewery on it it's kind of nice so
1: i do like names that are just the style just yeah like, mine was just called pale pale <laughs>
0: so so easy so, but yeah. Anyway, um, magic news. All right, here we go.
1: Was there any magic
0: news uh, uh, recently, or no? Not that much. But like, yeah. let's let's <laughs> just talk about the little things that happened. Uh, yeah. First of all, uh, we finally know what the formats for Worlds is going to be. Worlds is in October. That's important because
1: that's our you know, it all the weird two four comes down to that.
0: Exactly. And so you know, I was thinking. hmm. What's it going to be? Like, is it just going to be something boring? Or, I mean, we're going to be Let past me guess, rotation. dead standard,
1: right? Yeah. Well, now uh, it's
0: at least past rotation, so it won't be completely dead standard. But, yeah. um, well, that's a change. But actually, you know what they are doing. Day one starts with a draft. What? They're drafting for worlds.
1: Oh All right. My... Now I'm
0: excited. So excited. Holy <laughs>
1: crap. Oh. I, th- I thought they would just push back the release of Innistrad so that. Worlds is a dead format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: um, we are pretty excited about that. And it seems like all the pros are as well. So it actually is. It's I don't know if they did the draft thing so that people wouldn't bring like all lands decks, but because <laughs> this way you <laughs> can't,
1: it would you be I it, mean, you could try. It'd be really impressive if you could
0: draft you all lands. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But uh, so that's really exciting. I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Uh, also, Jeff, as always, what, what happened this week? The classic?
1: Well, I mean, about 38 seconds after we released our last episode, uh, they announced something, which was that Brainstorm is suspended in Historic. Weird. And and what's the difference between suspended and banned?
0: Well, you know, suspended, uh, you can't use the cards. You, you can't play with them. Uh, but you also don't get wild cards back. Oh, so, that's fun.
1: So, yeah, so you just don't, you, you just you don't get anything (laughs) let's watsy refund you in like three months when it has to move to the banned list or whatever
0: yeah exactly don't they
1: always reevaluate in three months or something
0: yeah so they're um basically saying oh we don't think that brainstorm is healthy for the format right now but we don't feel like it's so strong that in the future it will it won't be a card that could be played so they're gonna take some time i guess we have had a card come off of suspension before so mm-hmm. it is possible. We've had one that-
1: come off suspension and then go right back, <laughs> and then get banned. So, like.
0: so yeah. So we'll we'll have to see for that. But um, in the meantime, just waiting for those wild cards to be great. Please.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was a bit like annoyed when I logged in. It's like, oh, brainstorm. You can't play it anymore. I'm like, okay, okay. Give me my mythic rare wild cards, and then I just didn't get any. Like, Wait a minute. Oh, suspended. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's their loophole. Pretty annoying
1: but uh i don't know what their excuse was on the book of exalted deeds that you didn't get wild cards for that either but
0: because if you had, yeah like you're out
1: eight mythic wild cards if you played those two decks
0: it's well yeah that's true because like so the book of exalted deeds they're you know it's not gonna be it's only banned in a fake format basically that will be the regular format <laughs> in a couple months so that's why they said you don't get any cards because you'll be yeah, able literally
1: nobody crafted it for regular standard
0: yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's been happening. Those things have been happening. Um, but Jeff, the big, the big whopper today that the we got—big, got, big, big, hot news. We are getting Jumpstart Historic Horizons.
1: What is that?
0: Uh, this is a Jumpstart set that's coming uh, only to Arena. Uh, instead of like also doing the packs and stuff uh, in paper. Mm-hmm. But the big news about it is that there are going to be 31 digital-only cards. And when I say digital-only, I don't mean like Inspiring Commander or whatever the other ones that they made up just for Arena. Right. I'm talking about cards that cannot be made in paper because it's physically impossible.
1: For the most part, I think one of them. Part. I don't. I don't really understand how it couldn't be a paper card, but
0: that's true. Okay, there. There may be a yeah. couple that kind of <laughs> feel like that, and it's easier to do it online. But um, this has Convenient been shaken up somehow. This has yeah. been shaking up uh, the community quite a bit because this is something that people have talked about for a long time. Um, and basically, when we say like can't physically be done, it's things like uh, when this enters the battlefield, a card in your hand gets death touch
1: forever permanently permanently it it just like is on the card it is so the the reason you can't do that in paper is because it's like hard to track different copies of the same card Mm -hmm. right so which copy of this card of the four in your deck is the one with death touch and which one is not yeah um so for example you could do something on in arena that's like the top creature of your deck gets plus one plus one yeah and you can't realistically do that in paper because i could like play a different one and claim it was the one that has plus one plus one or whatever. And so basically they're brand new mechanics Mm -hmm. that are literally impossible to do uh, anywhere other than arena. So they won't have like a paper version that you can play. Yeah, never.
0: Um, And some of them are like, you could print it out and like have a list and maybe you can, uh, some things are random so you can just pull out slips from a hat or whatever. Uh, maybe if uh-huh. your I don't know your commander table wants to do that, cool. Like try it. But for the most part, this is very much, this is just for arena, and that's uh, yeah. It's just this is new territory. This game has been out for you know decades, and this is the first time we're doing something like this. So it's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, you can think of a lot of it as being like you're taking a sharpie and you are changing the card, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, you like erase all the sharpie somehow. Exactly, and, uh, and clean the slate. So, um, first of all, Jeff, how do you feel about this? Um, so, I was first, like, mostly just a bit confused at how the community kind of blew up. And then I remembered that it's the magic Twitter community. Oh, so. yes, of course, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have strong opinions about literally everything. Um, because, but I, the reason I'm saying I'm surprised is because, like, I don't know, was this a surprise to you? Like, when we talked about them doing that Mirror Mirror event... To, to us, that was a clear indication that they're considering this.
0: Yeah, well, so the Mirror Mirror event made it feel more like they would just nerf uh, actual cards that they've made. This is... Mm-hmm. So, my first initial reaction was what? But then the more I thought about it, the more I didn't care all that much, and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a... They've always pushed the boundaries with whatever design space they have, and this yeah. is... A, you know, these are going to be completely new things, like... It's just more magic cards and more design space to explore, which I think is really interesting.
1: Totally. I, I felt like this was always inevitable. As someone who's played a bunch of other digital-only games, I'm always mm-hmm. like, these have something that, that magic doesn't because some of these mechanics are really cool. Yeah, Like exactly. They just can do cool things that would be unrealistic to track in paper. Mm-hmm. And then magic has been moving this way already with stuff like, I don't know if you've ever tried to play something like Mutate in paper. But it's so Jeez. much worse than playing it on Arena, mm-hmm. you know. And so even though it, it exists in paper and you can do it, it's not really a paper mechanic. It's kind of a digital friend, a digital forward mechanic, and they've been printing more and more of that.
0: Almost everything from Akoria was like that, right? Because we had the uh, yeah. the ability counters. Uh, we had crystalline giant, which just does random stuff. Which how do you do that in paper easily? Exactly,
1: you roll a die or something. So it That's
0: already feels like that set was already like a big, hey, this was these are mechanics that were made for arena only, basically, right? Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. So this is yeah. just, <laughs> the you know, this coming to fruition and really going headfirst into it. I like that. The, so the set has like 782 cards or something crazy like that. And uh, 372 of them are going to be new to arena cards. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're brand new to magic. There's only 31 brand new to magic cards, which are the digital ones. Um, But the other ones are like, I think it's a bunch of Modern Horizons cards or Modern Horizons 2 as well. They're kind of just doing a huge injection. Um, And the one other thing that's really great is that the other cards, whatever the difference between 782 and 372 is, um, all those cards that we already had, they're not giving you a new Jumpstart version. They're going to give you the one you already have on Arena, which is great.
1: Thank I don't God. need a,
0: a fifth. No more eight Woe Striders. Exactly. I don't need like a fifth <laughs> copy of whatever random common. It'll just be like Vault Progress. You're like sick. <laughs>
1: okay. yeah, I, don't have to, I don't have to deal with <laughs> the it. The way it should have been the first time.
0: Yeah. Um, so that is really exciting. Um, so I'm happy. I am happy with this. Uh, where we stand right now.
1: Totally. Uh, but and, and actually for me, the printing Modern Horizons cards into Historic is the more surprising part of this announcement mm-hmm. because those cards are absurd.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know that they're curating certain... Like, we're not going to get Ragavan or anything like that. Um, I think they even mentioned in an article being like, hey, is that going to happen? And like, "Mm, (laughs) no. Um, Good
1: bet that it's not.
0: Yeah. So, um, but it is nice to just be like, yeah, let's spread these around. Historic's just going to be our melting pot of stuff. We're going to put some things in it. Um, And I think there, you know, there is... I saw something online that was talking about maybe this is a possibility for designers to be able to test the limits of certain cards and be able to nerf them easily. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about that when we talk about some of the cards that uh, have been spoiled. But um, the idea of, oh, we made this card in the digital version, and if it's too powerful, we can nerf some of the stuff that it does because it's only on digital. And then maybe later we make a paper version that's you know changes some of those abilities. Um, but it's a way that they can test the limits without completely like breaking something or having to ban a bunch of stuff or any of that. So I guess Historic can just be like a a testing grounds.
1: Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. And that Mm -hmm. sounds super fun. So um, like this, if they're going to do these kind of digital only mechanics, which again, I think was kind of inevitable because, you know, they do have competition and a lot of people do come from Hearthstone or they come from, you know, uh, legends of Runeterra. Mm-hmm. and try out magic arena. And if they don't like, they'll be like, Oh, why are these mechanics, you know, not doing some of the crazy stuff that happens in hearthstone or that happens in legends of rune Terra. And so it won't be familiar to them and they'll go right back. So the, these mechanics are like designed for people that that's the way they interact with games. They've never played paper magic.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, so, um, I mean, I'm happy to see them. Uh, let's kind of get into some of the mechanics really quickly. Uh, we have three new ones uh, that are gonna be digital only, and the first one is Seek. So it's literally uh-huh. a card that will say seek your deck for uh, a creature with mana value two or less or something. And that literally just means you will randomly be tutored up a card that's in your deck already, that like, it, it'll, it'll uh, seek it to your hand or something. Um, yeah. And it'll find something that is those parameters, just puts it in your hand, and it doesn't shuffle your deck. It just like goes and gets a random one, puts it in your hand. Um, so yeah, obviously that's something you can't do in paper because you can't search your library without shuffling it because then you just see all the cards on the top.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. This reminds me a bit of Cascade, mm-hmm. but it goes into your hand instead of being immediately cast. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm not exactly sure if it's only that or sometimes it goes to the battlefield. I'm, it might give directions where it's supposed to go. Okay, yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's like seek this to the battlefield or seek this to your hand or something.
1: So the card I'm looking at just says seek a non-land card with mana value two or less.
0: Perfect. So I'm fairly positive it just goes straight into your hand. Um, yeah. We got this announcement literally today. So trying right. to yeah, get <laughs> as much stuff as we possibly can from uh, from the limited amount of uh, things that have come out so far. Because spoilers are uh, started literally today and then going until August 4th. And then we're going to have all the uh, the entire gallery is going to be open to us but yeah so anyway i um i yeah it seems fine it's like okay that seems kind of cool i'm not like super blown away but it's like yeah that that makes sense it seems like almost like a baby step
1: for the most part not shuffling is is mostly going to be irrelevant compared to cascade which just like puts it at random on the bottom of your deck like you get a bit more information out of cascade Mm -hmm. right and you get no information out of this um but mostly, like whether you <laughs> whether it was a random thing and then you shuffle your deck afterwards or not, um, will rarely actually matter that much. I mean, it doesn't mess up your scries. Yeah, and stuff. I wonder if ah.
0: this was part of like a oh well we can we can tutor something out without shuffling so that it doesn't help with brainstorm, and then they just like right. suspended brainstorm. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty fine about this. Uh, it's not um, super groundbreaking or anything. This
1: is less impactful than the next one. Exactly. So what's the next one? The next one is called Perpetually, uh, and I just want to say uh, to me right now, both Seek and Perpetually sound like pretty clunky names mm. in the way they get used. I don't love them. Yeah. I know it's one of those things you'll just get used to, and and I won't even think about it in, you know, two weeks. But but first seeing this, it's like. Uh, like So let's take Davriel's Withering, for example. It's one black, and it says target creature perpetually gets minus one, minus two. And so that just sounds a bit clunky to yeah. me.
0: What, I wish Weird. that they flipped it the other way, where it says target creature gets minus one, minus two perpetually.
1: Yeah, that sounds like it makes more sense right? to me.
0: <laughs> Instead of perpetually gets... Anyway. Um, yeah. But basically, that just means, like, yeah, that card now will forever have minus one, minus two... If it dies and goes to the graveyard, it still has minus one, minus two. If you try to bring it back from your graveyard, it will die immediately. Because if it has zero toughness, which, yeah, anywhere it goes, it would just be like that forever.
1: Yeah, and it interacts with everything, right? So it's like if you had a card that reanimates something with three or less power and it originally had four, well, now it has three or less and you can actually target it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. um, This is a big difference to the game stuff that does this because nothing like this really existed because when you first look at Davriel's withering you might say oh well how is this different than like an aura that gets minus one minus two other than you know it's an instant instead of an enchantment that's Mm -hmm. not a big deal it's like well the aura will go away when it dies and if you bring it back to your hand somehow it won't still be there whereas this will
0: exactly or or like flickering it won't do that either it'll it's Mm -hmm. just attached to the card um, it's not a counter that can fall off or you can manipulate. It's just there.
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing to me is that even if it gets exiled, that doesn't reset it, mm-hmm. which I thought maybe the exile zone would be enough to like, <laughs> no, nope, not rid of this, but no. Uh, so it really is perpetually. It, the word does do a good job of describing it.
0: It but. literally does that. Yeah. Um, and then the third mechanic they're going to, they're making or that we have is conjure, which is mm-hmm. basically, um, You get a, so Seek gets a card from your deck. Conjure basically gets a card that's outside of your library and the sideboard and just anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, like, gives you a copy of it. So uh, the example that we have is um, Tome of the Infinite, which is two and a blue for a legendary artifact. You can pay blue and tap it to conjure a random card from Tome of of the Infinite's spell book into your hand. And it perpetually gains. You can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it and basically those are there is a list of cards that are like the tome spellbook and it's cards like swords of plowshares and ponder and duress and lightning bolt things like that um, and you just get a random one into your hand now those cards aren't most of those cards you can't actually you know have or like play them right. normally like one of them They're i think not? they have like uh, some of the dual lands mm-hmm. like the OG duels are so like yeah you get one of those randomly into your hands you, yeah, they showed Tropical Island. In the, yeah. So it's like, not, spoiler. it's not um, they're not legal in Historic, but from this card you can get a version, which does, it does remind me of Garth One-Eye from the Modern Horizons 2, who makes like token right. versions of famous cards. This is like a a way of doing that, but you can have more than just the ones that uh, that Garth had, so... Totally. um Once yeah, again, similar
1: to that but they're not treated like tokens they're exactly they're spells
0: they're real cards they, yeah. they they count as just a card
1: yeah i mean when i was just like scrolling through they have the you know conjure and then the cards up next mm-hmm. and i was just like what the hell they're printing tropical island into his store? yeah and then i read the mechanic i was like oh okay <laughs> i was like wondering what the fuck was going on yeah it's <laughs> so <laughs> weird um
0: so this one is is also just like Cool. I think all of these, to me, I think Perpetually is the one that um, will be used the most because it's, like, more concrete. Like, you know what mm-hmm. it does. The other ones are super random. And so those just seem kind of fun, but I don't know if they're going to see as much uh, as much play, really.
1: Yeah, no, it should be noted that Conjure doesn't have to be random. You could have a card that's just, like, Conjure a Stormfront Pegasus. Oh, that's true. And it's, like, a, like there's no reason it has to be Um but all of these mechanics are kind of a bit tame in the sense of really exploring what you can do with digital only mechanics mm. in the sense that uh every card game that's digital only has these mechanics in it it yeah. has whatever they call it but it, they all have this um because they're just kind of the basic things you can do with with this and so i like that they're kind of dipping their toe in they're they're yeah. getting us used to the idea before barraging us with some truly crazy mechanics, which they could do. These are also
0: <laughs> some of those things, like um, what what's the the angel from Zenikar Rising that fetches a copy of herself when you, you play it from your
1: sideboard? Yeah.
0: Um, um, was, it, was it Legion Angel Le- or something?
1: Legion Angel, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, when you play this, you get another copy into your hand. You just have a, there's only a certain amount that you can have. This makes it better because you can have as yeah. many as you want in your deck and then you right. play it and you get a lot of them. It doesn't
1: take up sideboard
0: spots. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, it, they all seem pretty fun. Like, I am excited to play with these and it, like, but like you were saying, they they do seem fairly tame as far as like, oh yeah, that's an ability that you could have but now it's just longer or forever or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I do like what they did and they were very careful about what they did and how they show this to the magic community because, pe- you know, it's it's magic is so close to our hearts, you can get really emotional about it and get really frustrated. So I think they're doing a good job slowly getting us used to this.
1: I think most of the people hating on it either won't play it and it won't affect them at all mm-hmm. or they're going to love it in like a month Yeah. Or two months.
0: Um, do you think this is going to be a big divide between the paper community and the online community? That seems to be a big like uh, point is that hey now there's just another reason why arena is so different than paper and we're just going to make two big the huge distinct groups of magic players is the paper magic players and the digital only magic players do you think that that's going to force a wedge between these people or is it just going to feel like oh historics just another format that's kind of you know there are cards that are really good in modern but not good in other stuff I mean, same thing with historic
1: like I was saying, Historic already did that a little bit. Yeah. Like, people who play, like, you can't really play Historic in paper um, because it's just too hard to know if your opponent has legal cards in their deck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't really see it. I see it as more the divide between different formats. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, somebody who plays a, in a standard tournament can log into Arena and test on the ladder with the standard deck that they're going to play. Yeah. That's still a thing you can do. And so. The people, there's going to be a historic community, but that already exists. Mm-hmm. The people who play historic and can't really communicate about historic with people who only play paper. I don't know how much this will widen that gap, really. I mean, yeah. it's going to widen the gap between historic and other formats, but that's what formats already do anyways. All they the tend time. to diverge from each other, that's why. Yeah. If they t- started to converge towards each other, it wouldn't be interesting.
0: They wouldn't be different formats, no. really, right? Yeah, the it, whole
1: point of having different formats is that they tend to get more and more different.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing like um, talking to you know, when the new set comes out, there are always cards that are good for different places. Um, mm-hmm. and even talking to commander friends talk, then they're so excited about, um, old Nawbone, Right. But we yeah. were just talking about how, you know, that card's not really going to see standard or much play probably at all, maybe pass rotation, but like, it's not even, it's not part of the list of cards that people are super stoked about. And that's one of the big commander cards that is like, it's pretty expensive right now on paper and people are like stoked about it. And yeah, that's great. The, they always make cards for a lot of different people. These are going to be 31 cards that are made for a format that's only digital. I, I understand why they're leaning into the digital thing.
1: Um I kind of feel like even Commander players who obviously would know more about the format than I do, but it still kind of feels like they're overrating Old gnollbone. <laughs> <laughs> like well, maybe that's Almost good. any removal spell in the world gets rid of it, and you have to actually connect with creatures for it to do anything, which does isn't exactly a Commander thing, but... Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I don't want It does pay you I, off, I it, guess, it if does. you do
0: it. I, uh, <laughs> I don't want to speak too much about Old gnollbone because I don't know a ton about it, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just anyways. seems
1: like it can't possibly be that good <laughs>
0: uh, well to me okay well <laughs> i i think it whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> i
1: don't know a um, card that ramps you after you play a seven drop and connect with a creature is like how can this possibly be oppressive it can't <laughs> be that good
0: <laughs> uh, anyway let's talk about the the new main spoiler that we got from this whole thing this um this article Uh, Jeff, would you like to read our new Planeswalker?
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Do you want me to read
1: it? I can read it. No, no, I'll do my best. This is a long card. Okay. How about I'll read the card, and you tell me what uh, the second ability does.
0: Oh, oh, God. Okay, fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have Davriel's Soul Broker. It's two black black for a legendary Planeswalker, Davriel, who you might remember from War of the Spark. He's a mythic rare with four loyalty. Plus one. Till your next turn, whenever an opponent attacks you and or Planeswalkers you control, they discard a card. If they can't, they sacrifice an attacking creature. Minus two, accept one of Davriel's offers, then accept one of Davriel's conditions. And minus three, target creature perpetually gets minus three, minus three.
0: Oh, all right. So, um, yeah, that, that second one, kind of, kind of a weird one, right? I don't know exactly. It's pretty
1: self-explanatory, I think. Nah. Accept one of his offers, then accept one of his conditions.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the thing I was talking about earlier, where they can change up whatever they want with this card, right? Mm-hmm. So printed on the card, printed. <laughs> it's not printed on the card it anymore. Would, yeah. what, uh, what is typed on the card <laughs> or on the image um, is basically just said, you know, Davriel has offers and conditions. Now, the offers range from... You could draw three cards. To you get a random, uh, you get like a, a manor guard, which is just like a whatever creature, um, or yeah. So
1: that's an example of a non-random conjurer. Yes, it's that a, specific ability.
0: It's a it's a conjurer specific card, um, and they range from also just like making co- like some of your cards cost less or um, giving Davriel yeah, 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 new abilities, um, and so what there are eight different things that Davriel can offer you. And you will get a random selection of three. So when you plus or you minus two, is it minus two? Mm-hmm.
1: Minus yeah. two, yeah. So
0: when you minus two, you'll get three random offers. And then after you pick your offer, you also get three random conditions, which are also all bad things. So you have to sacrifice two mm-hmm. permanents, or uh, your, um, each creature you don't control per- per- perpetually gains plus one, plus one. Or you lose six life, things like that. Um, you'll also get three random ones of those. Um, And so once we start playing with this card, it will be kind of random because you start to see, you get different things, but obviously some of the offers are going to be better than other ones, and some of the conditions are not going to be as bad as other ones or whatever. Um, Sometimes
1: you'll need exactly one of the offers to win the game, and it won't give it to you. And
0: that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, But this is the situation where if one of the offers becomes too good, or it's you know, there are problems with it, they can just change what the offers are and it won't even rewrite the card. You're just like, oh, right. it just doesn't do that anymore and you just will never see
1: that offer again. Um, and because nobody invested money into it in paper, you know, it's it's not quite as bad, it feels bad. And, like, part of the problem with changing cards is the paper version doesn't change, obviously. Exactly. So.
0: Uh, which is what we saw with Companions and everything like that, where... You know, mm-hmm. there's a big errata, but if you're a kid who gets a pack or something or people who don't know or aren't part of it or you open it years later and you companions aren't really a thing that people use anymore, you won't know and you'll just play it wrong. In this, yeah, they just change it up and then whatever. All right, maybe Davril's not as great anymore and then you move on. So yeah,
1: Nerfs still do kind of suck because a lot of the time nerfs render the card unplayable.
0: And, and then don't
1: get any wild cards back. But.
0: Yeah, so that that is that is continued um, <laughs> Wizards not giving us wild cards for things we can't use anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> I think overall, I like the idea of putting on a card, oh, it goes and gets a thing, and then you can change whatever those things are. I, I like that idea. Uh, specifically with this card. Yeah, uh, sure. The other ones, the other mechanics might not be able to do that stuff, but this one specifically is nice. So.
1: Um, this card is obviously, yeah, impossible to figure out if it's good or not right now. But yeah. it does look pretty strong to me. So.
0: It does seem pretty strong. And it could be a fun thing if you play this in your casual games or commander and paper and you just have, you bring two bags with little pieces of paper and you stick your hand in and you grab one or two or three, and you pick, you know, it would, you minusing your planeswalker will probably take about 10 or 15 minutes for your, all your friends to watch you do that, but you could yeah. possibly do it, so.
1: I mean, you better have your Davriel hat already ready. <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: You're like, wait, guys, I have to cut up some pieces of paper, and I got to look up my conditions the hat and my,
1: uh, <laughs> and my offers hat. Oh,
0: man. Um, I mean, I
1: guess you could just roll a D8, right?
0: I guess so, but like, you have to do that three times and then look at a, anyway... Um, You
1: have like two pieces of paper that are the legend or whatever. You just tell your friend, oh, three is this one and I'm going to do that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, oh, so you always get draw three? I see. (laughs) I see how it is. Um, But yeah, anyway, so um, yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about this when we get more of the cards. At the moment, we have a very small portion of them. Um, And we're also, once again, getting a bunch of other cards that we haven't had in Historic yet. So once again, Historic's going to get... Fucking crazy.
1: I'm super excited for that. Because, like I said, Modern Horizons was full of outrageous cards. Mm -hmm. And when it was spoiled, I was talking to you and I was even like, I don't even... I just look at these cards because they're cool, but I'm literally never going to play with them. Exactly. Turns out I was fucking wrong. Yeah. Because (laughs) they're coming to his story. Yeah, look at that.
0: (laughs) So, uh, I will be excited to see that. And, I mean, I've played the other Jumpstart ones. I think it's kind of fun to get the two random packs. And they're actually... um, they are improving on that for uh, this release. They're also making it so um, you will more often see decks or packs that you haven't seen before uh, as choices right. uh, and making sure that you know you, the duplicate protection is uh, stronger. So I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, that's a, really good, that's a really good point, actually, because if they aren't printing it in paper, like Jumpstart was limited by how you could randomize them in paper, mm-hmm. which there's only so much you can do. But by making it online only, the actual experience of Jumpstart for the people who liked that is going to get a lot better because they can use these online uh, strategies, digital only strategies of randomization yeah. that are custom to you.
0: They literally have um, like some of the dual lands that you'll get will fit specifically with your colors and different things like mm-hmm. that. Or um, it seems pretty interesting. I, I'm I am happy to. To see this coming, it was kind of a, a surprise, but um, but I've come full circle. I feel like I was, I started in a upset place and I came to a I'm excited for this. So
1: <laughs> it only took you one day, so that's good.
0: I'm getting better at it. I really am. <laughs> it's it's a hard thing to do, but I'm getting better. Um, but I did want to point out once again. It is Monday. D D just came out officially last Wed or Friday, in paper. It's officially oh, yeah. out in paper. <laughs> And now we have some spoilers for uh, a new set.
1: <laughs> and this actually got leaked on, like, Saturday or something.
0: So. Yeah, so basically it was literally... Like we didn't
1: know the specific cards, but we knew this was... This was coming. This announcement was coming,
0: yeah. Uh, so, just want to remind everyone, hey, you know,
1: <laughs> more spoilers forever! Yay! <laughs> There's just always magic spoilers. Always. Spoilers at all times. Oh,
0: yeah. Spoiler season is o- <laughs> just always in season, so um yeah but i'm i'm liking it more than i have in the past so i i'm i'm all here for this one
1: yeah this one's just wild so every day i'm like what they're putting that card in historic that's gonna be me every day yeah every day like <laughs> are you serious yeah
0: so i'm yeah. uh i'm excited for that but jeff before we move on do you have any last
1: thoughts i do all right my only cons- thought about this that uh was about historic itself and the only thing I'm not sure of with this product is I, I no longer know whether Historic is supposed to be casual or competitive or even what it's supposed to be at all. Because remember, originally it was use your standard cards <laughs> that have now rotated out. But that is just not what Historic is anymore because the standard cards barely make the cut now mm-hmm. because the, the cards that they're slamming into this format are so good. So that that vision is out the window for using your your favorite old standard decks yeah so i don't actually know what this format's about but this looks to me like they're trying to aim it towards you know slightly more casual and just have it be wild and fun and i'm all about that exactly
0: especially because now we're on mobile so if you're it will feel a lot more like you're playing hearthstone or legends of runeterra as far as like oh i can play magic uh i can play my standard deck but then whenever i feel like doing something goofy instead of going to one of those other games i'm just gonna play historic so
1: yeah I think this is a smart way to, to target the digital-only crowd and mm-hmm. give them a product that, you know, they identify with. And maybe even, hey, they'll try standard and start to get used to, like, and maybe even drafting move, and, move towards paper.
0: Yeah, know? hey, who knows? Like, uh, yeah, so I'm here for it. I, I also agree. I don't know what's going on after this year of historic is this competitive format that we're using at championships and things. Um, if that's going to be it anymore uh I and don't the know.
1: brainstorm ban to me was like suggests it's competitive because we talked about this before but like brainstorm is only a problem in the hands of really really good players exactly because it's such a high skill cap card and it their data showed that it wasn't really a problem on the ladder mm-hmm. and so I was like oh well are you suspending this just for the championship that's coming up or something like yeah or what, what is the deal
0: i yeah i don't know but um
1: but yeah, I think maybe they suspended it just so these cards don't get overpowered by it, and so people will be playing these new cards as soon as they drop, that, instead of everyone just playing their Brainstorm deck. That
0: does make sense, yeah. Hey, let's have... Yeah, play the new cards. That Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that a lot of explains
1: sense. the suspension instead of a ban, Exactly. Too, right? like, Let's let you try these new cards, learn to love these, and then we'll bring Brainstorm back. And, and then
0: we can make it more competitive again or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. It also makes sense that uh, a while back they had mentioned that they're um, they're stopping working on Pioneer Masters. That was a thing that was supposed to be in the works over the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And they just are stopping that. And it really feels like they're putting all their work into making historic whatever they want to make it. I don't even know, but... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Instead of this conversation of, oh, are we going to have in-person historic tournaments or uh, is historic supposed to be the new <laughs> This pioneer, definitely answers that question. It 100% <laughs> does. Um, we are not playing historic in paper. It's going to be digital only. Yeah. And it, once we make that decision, boom, digital only cards, here for it. Love it. All right. Well, I am ready for another beer, so let's go to a beer break.
1: Let's do it. Mm-hmm beach freak. I'm a bullet beach freak. Uh, When you mentioned that card I like forgot that was even a card because I just never take it.
0: (laughs) I think I took it once and it was not the best. It's not good.
1: No. Even if you have all the synergies it's still like nah. It's like uh, okay. Maybe if it had trample.
0: Oh if it had trample for sure but it just gets blocked. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, so now we are going into how to spike the arena open. Or <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> how to cash it? Yeah, how to cash the arena open? Make
0: two thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> flashing lights, flashing lights. Yeah, and we'll only take what a ten percent cut. I think we agreed on. Yeah, so I think ten.
0: Cash. Yeah, ten each. Uh, so yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah, okay. just send it to our uh, PayPal that we have. That's right. For sure. <laughs>
1: Just uh, DM us on Twitter. We'll, we'll get you that. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll figure it out. Just send us yeah. all of it, and we'll send you whatever you deserve back.
1: We'll do the calculation for you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you don't even have to figure out what 10% of 2,000 is. Yeah. We'll do that we'll do for that. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> we have an arena open again this, this coming weekend, and it's going to be standard, current standard. So we're going to talk all about current standard. For uh, this next bit,
1: <laughs> yay! <laughs> yeah, have you have you been playing it?
0: I have actually. I I got a chance to play quite a bit today, and um, and uh, a bit last week as well. So um, nice.
1: Yeah, I've, I played it like the past week, and then this past weekend, Star City Games came back, SCG Tour Online, mm-hmm. and it was all standard. So I had to play in some of that. So um, I don't know. Let's talk about the arena open first, then I can tell you how my tournament went. and Ooh, then absolutely. Get into the actual nitty gritty here. So what y'all came to hear, you know, which deck should you play? We yeah, exactly. The
0: um, so uh, the arena open, if you haven't been to one or done one, um, they're open on, listen to
1: our episodes about it.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, they are basically it's like a tournament, but um, it's only on is all on arena and mm-hmm. you could win $2,000. So day one yeah. is uh, on Saturday. This is July 31st. And then day two is on August 1st obviously um and uh, it costs about let's see let me get the thing up it's
1: 20000 gold or 4000 gems
0: yeah and you can do either best of one or best of
1: 3 to mm-hmm. to qualify for day 2 so if you do best of one then you have to get 7 wins before you get 3 losses to qualify for best for day 2 if you decide to go best of 3 you have to win four matches before losing a single one to qualify for day two.
0: However, uh, if you are doing best of three, uh, all you have to get is three wins to get your your gems back, and then you can mm-hmm. keep going. If you do best of yeah. one, even if you get seven wins, you don't get you get half of your gems back.
1: Yeah, so this is the same setup they've had for a while. The difference is the price is slightly lower to account for the fact that it's not limited this time. The mm-hmm. past two have been limited. And this is back to what it was before they made Limited. It's the same price, the same payouts, and the same structure. And so, like, I, we, you've, we've both played in, in a few of these, right? And, and yeah. I really like these tournaments. I think they tend to be quite fun. Yeah, um, I
0: think they're great. Uh, also, you get uh, a sleeve every time you enter in one of these. And the one for this one is freaking awesome. It's I like, like this, it, yeah. This dwarf <laughs> fighting this uh, Hydra, and it just looks so cool.
1: Yeah, when they said Lair of the Hydra sleeve, I was worried it was just, like, the art for Lair of the Hydra, which, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I find it cooler when the sleeves aren't just card art. Yeah, it's,
0: it's something else that we haven't seen.
1: So I don't know if this is some sort of alternate art for Lair of the Hydra or why they're calling it that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's some dwarf going ham. He has no fear. He's just fighting this, you know, there's five heads attacking him, and he's, he's ready.
0: He's stomping on one <laughs> of them. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, and then if you make it to day two, um, it's going to be all best of three, and you need to get seven wins or before you get two losses to make the $2,000. Yeah. If you get six wins, you get 1,000, so that's also pretty good. Uh, and then tons of gems yeah. and things, so...
1: Yeah, and any less than that, you get a bunch of gems. So five wins is like 20,000 gems, so Yeah, it's like you 100 know, You'll bucks. be up five times the price of entry or Exactly.
0: Whatever. Um... And these are the kind of events where people will—you can enter in as many times as you want, so you kind of have uh, mm-hmm. multiple bullets, quote unquote. And uh, we always say, always, always, make sure that you have a cap for how much, how many gems you're going to spend doing this, because okay. it can get you into the, the gambler mindset where you want to keep going. Like, oh, if I only had a little bit more gems, I'd do a little bit better. And you just get into the rabbit hole, and then you look at your credit card statement the next day, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that was exactly, a lot." Exactly. Yeah. So just yeah. make sure you know how many times you're going to enter. Just look at your account and see: Am I? Is it worth it to to spend this many gems to have this much fun for this day? Uh, all that stuff. So just just be smart about it.
1: Yeah, thinking about it as gambling is right because it is. Like, sure, you know your skill level affects. Affects the outcome more than most casino games, other than poker, um, I guess. But like it is still random, so you are still essentially gambling, and so you know all the rules that apply to you. Know, not making sure you don't go crazy with gambling apply here, right? It's mm-hmm. The old set your limits, stay within it mentality. Um, if you say set aside eight thousand gems, say I'm going to try twice. Uh, make sure you only try twice.
0: Exactly. Unless you're doing so well, I guess in best of three, you get you're getting your gems back already. Then
1: that's true. So best of three, it's kind of possible to go, you know, multiple times to get your entry back. So I don't consider that as like. I mean, I, I'll I'm prepared to lose eight thousand gems. So exactly. if I get if I get all four thousand back, I'll just jump in again, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the other thing to remember is that like even for the pros, the best players in the world, it usually takes them multiple attempts to get into day two. You know, sometimes they spike it and do it on the first try. But if you, you know, are s- searching Twitter, even the best players in the world say, Oh, I took five tries to get to day two. So, you know, don't be discouraged if you didn't do that well or you know, whatever. exactly
0: it definitely happens to everyone and um it can be one of those things where you know you're playing best of three and you just get matched up against that match that's it's such a bad matchup that there's just no way you're gonna win um totally that can be wrong
1: unless you follow our advice and don't pick a deck that has such matchups yeah there you go um but that is the question right should you play best of one or should you play best of three and we usually answer this more or less the same way Mm -hmm. so It actually breaks down fairly simply. If you want to, if all you care about is making day two, you should play best of one. The reason is that um, it's a little, it's so much more forgiving. You only have to lose, like you get three losses where if you lose a single match in best of three, which can often come down to getting, you know, having to mulligan in a single game, which is just going to happen. Uh, you can get up to three losses in best of one before being eliminated, so you get kind of two chances to get really unlucky, and, and then uh, you still have your chance to win. The other reason is that uh, best of three favors better players. So this is kind of a concept we've talked about before, but let's say I'm 60% to win a single game of Magic, That means I'm more than 60% likely to win a best of three because instead of my opponent having a 40% chance to beat me, they have to hit two 40%ers on three tries. And so their odds go down and mine go up. Now what this means is that if you're a good player, generally best of three favors you. But in an event like this, that means the best of three queues are full of better players than the best of one queues because the best of three players understand this and know that have decided that best of three favors them and so even if you think it favors you uh you're still probably better off going best of one you know unless you're like Gabe Nassif or something (laughs) you know you're not worried about the skill level of the other players in the event Mm -hmm. because you know you're still on top but if you want to kind of keep winning gems back like like Zach was mentioning it's 4,000 gems to enter but if you get three wins in best of three and you don't make it. You don't get the full four wins, but you get three wins. You get five thousand, so you actually made a thousand gems, even though you didn't qualify. And if you get only two wins, you get twenty five hundred, so you get mo- like a good chunk of your entry fee back. And the same is not true in best of one. If you flunk out of best of one, even at six wins, so almost there, you get only sixteen hundred back. So um, it's rough. If you're trying to just kind of keep playing and cut your losses a bit, maybe then you can play best of three. And if you just find best of three more fun, like I think we both do, yeah, uh, that's another factor. But if all you care about is day twoing it, you should play best of one.
0: Exactly. So if you're just trying to day two um, and then get all the two thousand dollars, which is what you really want, you'll be playing best of three on day two anyway. So that's true. That's another good point. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, um, in my mind, it does feel like. Uh, it would be difficult to play best of one and then switch to best of three for the the big day just because the formats Mm -hmm. are drastically different and the deck choices are,
1: I think there is one deck choice. That's a, that's a really good option for both for either one.
0: I, I think I know which one you're talking about, but um, but anyway, Jeff, do you want to quickly talk about your the tournament you had this weekend and your new knowledge of Standard?
1: That's right. Yeah. So, okay, so I've been playing Standard all week, but mostly I've been trying to explore new decks that are not the ones we all know about. You know, like I didn't craft Sultai and go play that. I didn't play any Gruul Adventures, even though we both know that, you know, probably Gruul Adventures is one of the best decks in the format. And we'll talk about that a bit later. But I decided to play some other stuff. And then I decided to hop into the SCG on Friday. So they had a satellite uh, at 1 p.m., which I felt like I could maybe squeeze in there. Uh, And I decided to play Rakdos, Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, So I played this a while ago in an SCG, or it was either an SCG or an Insight, and I went like five and two in the big tournament, and I ended up uh, missing out on top eight on Breakers. But I really liked the deck, and this was the kind of tokens version. So you play, like, iTwitch and uh, Serrated Scorpion, uh, Awaken the Blood Avatar, and it's that kind of deck. And you play yeah, um, um, Forbidden Friendship or whatever that makes 2 one ones. And you know that I love the new card, Zariel, from the new expansion. And I was mm. just like, whoa, that card fits perfectly into this archetype because it gives you a way to win if you... Like, it gives you another way to go over the top when you have a bunch of dorky 1-1s, one you give them all plus 1 plus 0 in haste. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped into this satellite. Now, I knew I wasn't going to be able to play on Sunday because I already, we already had plans. But, and these are to qualify for Sunday. But if you do well enough, you also qualify for the MTG Arena League Weekend. No, the oh. MTG Arena uh, weekend qualifier. League yeah, weekend qualifier. I was like,
0: League weekend? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, yeah. You just got
1: to go like three and three. Yeah. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, long story short, I played against uh, Demir Rogues, three copies of Sultai Ultimatum, and then Naya Adventures. And Rakdos, generally, I would say it's like not that good against the blue decks. You play it to beat up on the creature decks. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I lost to Nye Adventures and kicked the crap out of the other four. <laughs> so I ended, up, I ended up four and two in the event. Just like, I guess farming Sultai Ultimatum the whole time because the new Zarials really put them under so much pressure that you because you're attacking them for like 10 on turn four. Yeah. That an extinction event only gets rid of half your board because usually two of them are one drops and two of them are tokens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then... Uh, so it didn't go exact at all as I planned. I lost to the creature deck and beat the blue decks. But hey, I'll take it. Yeah, that's so <laughs> interesting. Wow. And so that was basically my story. I did play on Sunday in the main event just to have some fun before I had to go. I knew I would have to drop. And I played against random Abzan pile featuring multiple copies of main deck Yasharn featuring four copies of uh, Skyclave Apparition 3 Elspeth Conquers Death and 4 Binding the Old Gods now if you know anything about the Rakdos deck it relies on sacrifice effects and uh, the the enchantment that whenever a creature dies you drain them for one and most decks don't have a ton of ways to kill that this deck had like infinite ways to get rid of that and main deck Yasharns which I have literally one answer for I think in my sideboard (laughs) Because I normally I would steal it and sack it, but I can't do that. You can't that. do that. So I got torn apart by this deck. Like, <laughs> I don't know where this deck came from. There were like eight people in the event playing it out of one hundred and eighty-five. Got rolled by. Oh, it. so this wasn't just like a one-off, <laughs> just random brew that somebody had. This was. Like I a think deck. it did randomly well in one of the satellites. So some people just copied the list. Yeah. And round two, <laughs> I queue up and it's. Abzan Yorion, and it's the same exact deck list. <laughs> <laughs> the, guys, the guy destroys me again. Like a different player with the yeah. same same outcome, basically. Oh, and I was laughing with the guy in chat, like, after playing this matchup twice in a row, I can conclude that it is not good for me. Yeah. And they just said, like, you played it twice in a row? That is so unlucky. How many people are even playing this deck? <laughs> like, It's like, uh oh, 3% of people. <laughs> uh, Classic. But I wasn't even upset, because I knew I would... Like, it would have been disappointing if I'd qualified for this event and then that happened and you're like well nothing i could do mm-hmm. uh, but because i knew yeah, that leave. I would have to drop out like anyways it was like, yeah well nice exactly <laughs> but anyways if you are predicting a lot of abzan Yorion, don't bring ractos sacrifice tokens that's my main advice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, awesome uh, well all right okay. so we have um put together a couple of tier lists that are fairly similar but there are some differences in there um, yeah And uh, so we're going to start with best of three uh, That's what we usually play So it's a bit easier for us to, to talk about that uh, But then we're also going to dive into some best of one afterwards And just say which decks we think are the ones that you should uh, play or, or that at least will be um, played a lot uh, So just keep those things in mind When we're going into talk. this uh, this next weekend But um, yeah I guess Jeff Do you want to just like go down your list And I'll talk about how mine's different <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's just go sort of one deck at a time here, sure. and then you'll indicate whether you agree with me that it's tier one or not tier one or whatever. And, and then, so but, we'll start with tier one. Yeah. So by tier one, we mean the either the best decks or the decks that are going to be the most played. So you should expect these to be most popular. I'm going to start with Gruel Adventures. So this deck's been around for a long time. Uh, it recently kind of got a, a facelift where instead of the old, you know, package that had a lot of Great henges and stuff like that. Um, this deck is much more explosive. It now plays Magda and jaspera Sentinel to power out things really quickly. It tends to play the Cadillac, which is uh,
0: a Seeker's Chariot.
1: Seeker's Chariot. Yeah, but it also combos with Magda um, and Goldspan Dragon, and then it tops out at Embercleave, so it kills very very fast. Uh, to me, this is the best mm-hmm. aggro deck in the format. So if you want to play some aggro, you want some explosive turns, um, this would be my choice.
0: Yeah, um, I also like Rule Adventures. I also have it at uh, Tier 1. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just like, hey, you want to play some Embercleave? Do you want to just attack with everything and smack people out of this guy? Boom, there you go. It's It's been doing work for a long time, uh, and I think this version is quite nice. Yeah. Um, So yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, totally. And it should be noted like of the SCG, the big 200 person tournament that I was talking about, this was the, the best performing deck at a 65% win rate. Um, So it was absolutely smashing uh, that everyone in that tournament. Um, And according to MTG data, it has like a sixty one and a half percent win rate over the past week in, in all across all the events that they consider. Um, so this deck is just it's just very good. It's it's been really good for a really long time. Um, the only thing I'll say is if you're kind of picking this up out of the blue, before jumping into the open, I'd play some games with it because there's some kind of weird stuff where you like you can copy treasure tokens with the Cadillac to make sure you get up to five for Magda, and before going to blocks like bring in the Ember or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, kind of strange sequencing stuff where you want to be tapping specific things with your Cadillac. You can often generate more treasures than you think you can, is what, is what I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> you can often kill people by generating, like, you go from one to five treasures immediately and then bring out the, the Ember Cleave and, and they're dead.
0: <laughs>
1: so. so what's this next deck
0: that we were talking about?
1: Next one is, is Teamer Adventures, but I'm thinking specifically the version with Luka, Coppercoat, Outcast. So this is, uh, this is, you know, everyone knows this card by now, I guess, but it exiles something, or destroys something, I forget, and then brings out a creature from your deck that has a higher mana value. And so the idea of this deck is that all of the adventure creatures are mana value 3, and so you just don't play any creature that has a higher mana value other than Coma, and so now, if you activate Luka on an adventure creature, you always get Coma. And so the idea is that it's just the adventure package, Brazen Borrower, Bone Crusher Giant, and Lovestruck Beast, which are you know tried and true, with the Edgewall Innkeeper, so that classic mid range adventure package. And then you just slam in some some Lucas to just cheat out uh, a Coma if your opponent's ever, you know. They have to deal with your bone crusher giants and then you just get a coma into play. This is, I think, the mid-range deck of choice. If you like kind of mid-range gameplay, this doesn't kill anywhere near as fast as Gruel Adventures, but it tries to kind of control the pace of the game with these busted adventure creatures and then do something over the top.
0: Nice. Yeah, um I actually had this lower, but I was thinking of more of the version that's literally just tokens. <laughs> so um, okay. Which is not my favorite, but the what you're saying with the adventure creature package, um, that is significantly better. Um, so normally when I think of Team Luca, uh, you just don't play any creatures except for Coma, and then uh, you just have a bunch of dinky tokens. Um, so either you're getting Coma or you're getting the uh, the Archon, Archon uh, that yeah, yeah. turns all of them makes all of them bigger. Um, and that deck's... Ex- I don't love it. <laughs> it's okay. It's not good. I love yeah. it, but it's not good. Yeah. Um, so that's why I put Team Luka in Tier 2, but I think uh, it definitely kind of pokes up into Tier 1 if we're just doing the adventures, and uh, I like that. It's just, like, generally good stuff with a sweet plan of slamming a coma way
1: early, so... I didn't get the deck at first for a similar reason to what you're saying is that you usually just include no other... Mm-hmm. no creatures, um, until I reread Luka and saw that the creature you get has to have a higher mana value, mm-hmm. and then it all clicked. That it's like, oh, I see. I, which I just never knew about Luka before. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I always thought it worked like all of the other. Just ones like another transmogrifier. No, it, it requires a higher mana value, so anytime you're using it on a three mana creature in this deck, you'll get Coma for sure. If you, for whatever reason, use it on a Struck Beast token, uh, then you run the risk of hitting like a Bonecrusher Giant off it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly just not the worst to upgrade a one one into a four three. Yeah.
0: That's, that's true. That's very true. So now that now that you say that, I, I think that's pretty nice. I would probably put that in uh tier one. But I would definitely play with it. Same same thing.
1: <laughs> play that deck this a bit. is the only more. deck that like I could consider mid range that I think I can I can recommend with confidence. And if we want to look at, you know, results again, I think this deck also did well this weekend see if i can find the the numbers okay so mtg data yeah it had like 54 55 percent win rate of the past week nice so not the 61 and a half that gruel had (laughs) but still pretty good pretty uh pretty good although it seems to really beat the crap out of prismari dragons at to bolster its win rate and i don't know about how much i trust people playing a lot of Prismaris. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, But what about this next deck? I think this is a special one.
1: Oh, yeah. So next up is Naya Winoda. I think if I would made this tier list like a week ago, this wouldn't be in tier one. Mm -hmm. And now I have it in tier one. So it's been really gaining popularity, been getting better and better. And honestly, just the um, what's the the new innkeeper that makes a token and you gain a life? Yeah, what the heck?
0: And you make a treasure when it comes into play?
1: It's just exactly what this deck was missing because it lets you Winota on turn three with a non-human attacker.
0: Cause it's, it's a, he's a halfling, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Oh,
1: so that just like Ugh. supercharged the deck along with Minsk beloved ranger, which is a human that creates a non-human when it comes into play. So it does both things, which is another thing the deck was kind of missing is creatures that do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he also has a useful activated ability, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, yeah, so this deck has just been getting better and better as people figure out exactly how to build the mana base and how which cards to include and which cards not to include. And uh, yeah, again, it, it actually won this weekend's past uh, SCG event, and MTG uh, data on Twitter says it's fifty nine point three percent over the last little while but the really important stat that they have is that it's 68.4 percent against sultai so it really just trashes sultai
0: huge yeah it's huge
1: so this one i think like if all i wanted to do was uh like again i was just worried about winning it would either be this or gruel that i would pick i think Uh, depends kind of your play style i guess this is this is like aggro combo, if that's a if that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> Gruul is just, I guess Gruul has a bit of aggro combo going on as well that's with true. Like, treasure generating magda stuff. But yeah, uh,
0: but Winota's yeah. still doing the pull the blade historian out of your deck. Oh, now all the attacking creatures have double strike and.
1: Um, and then for some reason, my Blade Historian is indestructible. I why it, that clause needed to be added to I Venona, was realizing that today as I was playing. I was like, why is that a
0: thing? So every, <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> every creature that Winona puts onto the battlefield is just indestructible. You're like, great. Yeah.
1: That's just really That's neat. always the like little cherry on top that you always forget about. You line up some blocks, and then you see indestructible. You're like, wait, what the... F- oh, yeah. Uh, why? 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 <laughs> it would be so good still without that.
0: Yeah, it's... It's nuts. So um, remember that Winota turns things (laughs) indestructible when she puts them on the battlefield. It sucks. Um, But this is one of the decks um, that I think would be really good in Best of One as well. Um, So if you're planning on doing, you don't know whether you're going to do one or the other, this might be a really good deck to to play because then you can make some modifications for Best of One, but for the most part, you're kind of playing the same deck and you don't have to switch gears as much.
1: Yeah, this is what I was alluding to. That's good for
0: both. Exactly, uh, and this is what I knew you were talking about because uh, it really feels like it's it's super like hyper linear and um, yeah, just go for it, yeah. swing for the fences. So this next one, um, it's just been around forever. It's just it's it's never leaving. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna even with like the bad results it's had recently. I don't think it's it's gonna it's, it's just. You, you know
1: what I I think about sometimes. I just want to remind you of this: is that in our. Uh, in our top tier or out of here we ranked this as out of here when did we first really burst, when it first burst onto the ceiling. oh my gosh
0: that's <laughs> terrible yeah. uh so this is soul tie ultimatum or soul uh you yeah. might be familiar with this deck because it's fucking everywhere um yeah, if, if you've played
1: any standard in the past like what six months four, yeah, maybe six four months. or five months at least uh you will have seen this yeah.
0: deck um It's uh, really great. I think it's still probably the best deck, even though it's getting smashed on a bit, but especially because if there's a downtick and everyone's looking like, oh, this deck kind of sucks, maybe these ones beat up on it or something, um, people just will just stop packing stuff, you know, or is it going to stop thinking about this matchup and um, it'll come back. That's how that works. So
1: Yeah. I put this deck in tier one because it's going to be tier one in representation no matter what like it's going to be like a quarter of the field because it always is Mm -hmm. um i guess in the past tournament it was like 15 percent of the field or whatever Um, but it's always a lot people just like this deck even when it's not performing well Uh, which i you know is a thing that happens that people just like decks and if you're a ramp player this is your only option in standard really and so all the ramp players will play this even if it's quote-unquote, not a good choice for the metagame. I honestly don't think this deck is the best deck. Uh, I just, honestly, I don't think what it's doing is as powerful as what the other decks we've talked about. Maybe it's, like, on par with what Team Luca is doing, but I don't think it's as powerful as what Naya, Winota, or what Gruul Adventures is doing. Like they're, This is just, like, interact a little bit, kind of, and then win the game on turn six or turn five with a seven-mana sorcery and the other decks will are doing something that's just better than that
0: yeah I think after board they I still think like all those a lot of those decks get just fucking ripped apart by just freaking soul tie sweepers and I still think it's
1: a it's a great deck and it'll definitely be around and it's worth the Sultai sweepers are also from. exploitable too right like you know Shadow's Verdict is not good against Windows and Dragon yeah, or, that's true. Yeah, or winota Um and I think Sultimatum has kind of gotten off for a little while. It's kind of held its ground by people not understanding how to play against it, because I think Soldomatum was kind of bad for a while and then people realized that you just shift into this Elder Gargaroth plan. Mm-hmm. And that really confused people. But like for example, I beat like I said, I beat Sultai three times with my Rakdos deck. And the way I did it is I sideboarded in my Akron Wars. Like in the, uh, you know, I I didn't leave those in the sideboard. Mm -hmm. I brought those in to beat Elder Gargaroth because I know that their post-board game plan is Elder Gargaroth.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like stop siding in four duresses and taking out your removal because you're just going to lose to Elder Gargaroth. Mm -hmm. But if you just leave your removal in, particularly something like the Akron War, Mm -hmm. then their post-board game plan is like, you know, basically moot. And they're just... Now they're just playing a weaker game than... It's like, now they're playing uh, Gargaroth against my Crone uh, War. And Emergent Ultimatum against my Roiling Vortex. You know? It's just like, I actually get better post-board somehow. And I'm the aggro deck. Alright, I can kind of see that. Now I also get to sideboard out four claim the firstborn, which is super dead against them. So. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I think the deck just isn't as good as as people think it is, but people love it, and it still will just grant you free wins. Like people love free wins, so a deck that's like sometimes you look at the opening hand of Sultai and it's like you're going to win the game on turn four. Mm-hmm. Like oh that's cool. <laughs> like I have you know the Wolf Willow Haven into Cultivate into a Wrath into a Merchant Ultimatum. Yeah. Oh okay well pretty much nothing is going to beat this, but a lot of, like, the games where it doesn't get ultimatum, it does nothing. Like, it just sits there. It has, like, a Palookranos. And you're like, okay, is that... (laughs) that, This is the best deck in Standard? It played a random 6-6, like... And then ramped a bunch, and then... And then, like, cultivated on turn 12. Like...
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I still feel like it's really good. So I know you're making a lot of great points. That's wonderful. Um, and I still think it's just going to come out swinging it.
1: Also, MTG Data had a 44% win rate against the field. And the only thing it had a positive win rate, the only thing it was beating was Rakdos Sacrifice. And that's not the version I'm playing. The version that they're talking about is the weird, dirtily, like, mid-range version that, you know, that... that should be a strong deck but because it can never beat ultimatum, it's always been not a real contender mm-hmm. you know the stuff that's like valky and uh, uh the dragon and, and goldspan dragon like i want that deck to be good but it sucks against sultimatum that's the only deck it beat everything else trashed it <laughs> and i guess it was kind of close against team luca it was like it was it was 49 and a half percent against team or luca all right, well... I, I don't know, I just don't I, don't... I think you should prepare for this deck, so don't do what Zach's saying, where I'm telling you the deck's not the best, and so you just take out all your hate for it. Yes. And he's right, people will do that, and it'll start to climb back up again. Don't do that. Lots of people will still play it. Uh, so don't let those Sultimatum players get away with it. Uh, but don't... I wouldn't play this deck, because I no. think people will still be packing hate.
0: I, I, I agree you shouldn't play this deck... But I still think it's one of the best decks, and possibly the best deck. So just, just be always come with this in mind. You're just always gonna have something. It's the best deck
1: probably if nobody has any preparation for it. But I don't think it's a, as resilient as Gruul. Like you just can't hate out Gruul basically.
0: Um, so this uh, I have one more for tier one because uh, obviously yes. I'm gonna throw something. Funky in there. But I really think that Mono Green Stompy is a tier one deck. Uh, I just love mm-hmm. the new tools that I got and how just big and, and just <laughs> nasty it is. Um, and the only card I hate is uh, Burning Hands. And that's what I have
1: to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem is people are equipped with burning hands. So in this past tournament, you look at red deck sideboard, They're... and red decks did really well in this tournament. By the way, it's mm-hmm. like Naya Winota Gruul Adventures, Jeskai Mutate, Gruul Adventures, Teamer Adventures, Naya Winota Jeskai Mutate. Those are the top seven. Mm-hmm. Every one of those is a red deck. Then there is a Sultimatum randomly at eighth place, but that is Naya Winota Gruul Adventures, Teamer Adventures, Teamer Adventures, and so it's just like clearly burning hands did some work because they all have two burning hands in their cyborg. Um, that's the only reason I downshifted mono green is I think people are ready for it. It still did fine. I think it had a 50 something percent, 52% win rate, so It's not, no, not a bad choice and it got us some really great two drops. So it's, you know, it's a strong deck, but yeah, burning hands, man. Yeah. Burning hands.
0: Yeah. I do just, which feel also
1: like... is bad for Sultai's plan of, of siding an elder guard. That's true. Because Cause burning it hands a... wipes that out. It also
0: because... kills coma. Um, yeah. But uh, I just think of the... I wanted to separate the, the mono decks, and I just like the uh-huh. green... I like mono-green better than red and white, so I just wanted to make sure it was on a, on a separate level. Because I do think it is.
1: I just don't totally know what mono-green is good against. I guess it's probably okay against Sultai.
0: Yeah, I also just like having some of the big creatures against some of these other creature decks. Um, I don't know. And I think it's good against Sultai,
1: which I still think is really good, so that... <laughs> You know that makes it harder for. It. <laughs> it's this a tough spot to be in right now? If if like, if you're weak to a red card, because all the best decks are red. With, Ex- if you want to include Salty, that's the Sol- exception. <laughs> except for Salty, it's what. I- <laughs> yeah. But all the all the decks that play Bone Crusher Giant will also play Burning Hands, and a lot of decks want to play Bone Crusher Giants. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Um, but let's let's move into tier two and uh, talk about some of these other ones.
1: All right, maybe because you had that, I'll lead into... Uh, I had all the monocolored aggro decks, green, red, and white, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about red and white. Um, both these decks are solid, I think. They just have different styles. White is, like, disrupt you a bit while I kill you relatively quickly, and red is I'm going to kill you as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, so that depends on your game... Just your preference, mostly, what you like, and the different decks will be good against different things, like... Um, mono white for example is going to be better against decks that have a lot of interaction because it can disrupt that interaction mm-hmm. whereas mono red is just going to have to eat that interaction in the face um but mono white for example would be re- pretty tough to win against winota i think yes like it's, winota is just going to be too fast and your disruption doesn't do anything. it's so fast
0: either. and all your creatures can't Beat Double Strike. Like they just get
1: like your your one chance is to follow the the Winota. The, yeah, and if you miss that opportunity, like
0: the thing with Mono White is that if you have Paulo in your hand, you have to play him every time. Like you can't try to double spell on a turn. You could play Paolo because they could literally Winota and kill you, and that's in yeah or and even if you Paolo
1: it, you're probably dead in two turns when they get when
0: they get to do it or <laughs> they're gonna top deck one or whatever. But like
1: yeah, they always just draw another <laughs> yeah. One, so. But
0: like. That's my advice for you. If you're trying to decide whether you should get some value by double spelling or you should just Paulo, Paulo,
1: Paolo. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, just exactly. do it. See what's going on. Be prepared because <laughs> you yeah, kill everything. That's actually pretty good advice against every top deck because like you do that. You have to do that against ultimatum exactly. as well because they could have a sweeper or an ultimatum. You do that against. You have to uh, do that against teamer Luca because yeah. they could have Luca. Mm-hmm. So like. You just have to. And Gruel Adventures, maybe not, but I would still probably do it because otherwise you're going to get, like, Goldspan or something. Exactly.
0: Yeah, for Goldspan, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, do all those things.
1: Oh, if, when in doubt, Paolo. Yeah. Uh, but both those decks are fine, but I don't think top tier, right? No. Like, they're, they're both totally solid choices, and it depends on your playstyle which one you want to pick or if you even want to pick Mono Green. Uh, I guess we're saying that Mono-Green's slightly better on on the balance, but Mono-Green is a little grindier of an agro deck too because of the presence of Ranger class and yeah. stuff, so it d- just depends on what you like to do. It can pivot a
0: little bit more than the other two. Um yeah. So, all
1: right, then I have uh I think we both have this basically right here as as decent as Naya Adventures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty strong deck and is somewhat explosive. I just think it's not worth the uh mana troubles. Yeah. And the overall power level, like, somehow I'm adding a white, the color white, to Gruel Adventures and losing power. Like, I'm losing mana consistency and overall power level.
0: There, um, Like, you will have those times where you, your uh, showdown of the Scalds is going off and you're playing other ones and you're doing a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and putting counters all over the place. But for the most part, it, it just feels like you should have already won by... If you get there, like you should have already won the game by the time
1: that all that's happening. That's what I was gonna say. Like that's when you nut draw, and it feels super powerful. But Gruul, when it nut draws, will just win. Mm-hmm. It'll have Goldspan Dragon equipped with Embercleave. Yeah, you know, on like turn four or five. So, I think this one is more consistent in its draws. Like, it sometimes it, with Gruul you just kind of lose to yourself because you draw you know you draw your stupid one two elf jaspera sentinel on turn six or whatever mm-hmm. and you're like, wow that that was a total whiff um and naya adventures like most of the cards are pretty even in power and then you have showdown of the scalds as your obvious best card mm-hmm. so it's like you know it's a little more level-headed um but i don't think that's what you want in this format the decks are all so powerful and win so quickly that I don't know. This this feels like a, a mid rangey deck that just doesn't have enough power to compete with what's what the other things that are going on in tier one.
0: Yeah, so I say just uh, leave Shodown on the Skalds at home and play some Gruul because uh, I think you'll like it a lot more,
1: and I think it'll just be a lot yeah. better for you. Yeah. So again, I think you're playing Night Adventures if you just love that deck. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, you should you're probably better off going Gruul. Yeah. Uh, okay. We both have this one up next in tier two. Which is uh, cycling. I like what you wrote about this. What did you write about
0: cycling? I said, uh, don't forget about this deck. It, yeah. it's a deck. <laughs> people play it. Yeah. Don't forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, this is not a deck like I particularly like, so I've never played with it, so I can't speak too much to it. Um, but this deck, like this deck, can be tier one if people forget about it. So Zach's saying, don't forget about it, because <laughs> as soon as you do. Like this, you just will feel like you can't possibly win because it's just going to cycle stuff, make a bunch of dumb 1 1s to block everything, and then kill you with a giant burn spell. Yeah. On the other hand, like sometimes the stack just doesn't do anything. Like, I play against cycling so often where it just cycles cards and then concedes. (laughs) Yeah, I just
0: like okay (laughs) i drew cards and i I discarded cards so i could draw more cards and didn't do anything it's like
1: turn one cycle turn two cycle cycle turn three put lurus in my hand turn four cycle cycle concede it's like oh that's a good game uh yeah so i wrote play this if you like to discard cards and draw new ones and occasionally get some minor benefit for doing that yeah
0: though if you know if they get to slam a couple early improbable alliances and then they're just like Band tons of one ones uh some of these creature decks it's going to be hard to get through um if you don't have any uh trample it's just like you're totally. and you're you're playing cards that you, you can't get rid of these enchantments if they're already on the battlefield uh it can really mm-hmm. take over and that's the card that screws you in that matchup
1: yeah so when we say don't forget about it like prepare for it stuff like Cinderclasm wipes away all of their one ones um, stuff like, uh, graveyard exile is good against them because, uh, their main, their best spell relies on having cycling cards in their graveyard. And then also you're going to make sure, you're going to want to make sure you have a way to kill the pyromancer, which has four toughness. Mm-hmm. So traditional red spells don't kill it. So you're going to make sure you have some, some Something. way to kill the o four. 4 Yeah.
0: Cause that thing will also just wipe your board immediately. Ugh. Yeah.
1: And usually kind of adding, you know one or two of these options is enough against cycling. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. Cause
1: again, you will often get free wins from them where <laughs> they just don't do it, <laughs> which is, which is the best. But then it's like, it's such a high variance. Cause sometimes you play against it. And you're like, how was I ever supposed to win? They, they're making like three one, ones and dealing three damage per turn while going towards their inevitable game plan of burning me for 28. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I think that's all of the decks that we both had in tier two
0: yeah you have one
1: more Um, you have one that i didn't have and i had one that you didn't have in tier two so uh maybe i'll I'll just go first Uh, mine was just guy mutate i only have this in tier two because i actually think it's a really strong deck but then it should possibly like in terms of power level it might even be tier one but maybe it's almost like tier three or lower in terms of representation like nobody plays it and it's such a tall order to learn this deck like and And so near rotation, people aren't gonna learn this deck because it's it's so many things to do, and understanding the combo and how to win and doing it on arena, you have to do it quickly so I kind of landed on tier two v as a balance between it is a very strong deck when when piloted by someone who really knows it, but I don't think you really have to prepare for it because nobody's gonna play it <laughs> because it is so weird and and like it's just so taxing to learn the different interactions. Exactly.
0: This is uh this is a deck that I put in tier three because I said fuck that I'm not clicking all those those buttons all those times. Next. Yeah. Get it out of here. I don't. That's right. Get, yeah. I, I don't want to see this deck.
1: <laughs> it's so maybe just understand this deck exists. It's a combo deck. It's ridiculous, uh, and it is pretty good. I think.
0: Um, I think. But I still don't really it, feel like I exactly know how it works. I know some of the, the pieces, but it combos to
1: not always
0: beat you, but maybe beat you the next turn after a combo. I don't know. It
1: it does like a good enough combo. Yeah.
0: But it just takes forever. In principle,
1: it could be infinite, but because on Arena, it's... It do, You can't realistically do it enough times to actually win. So it's like get really far ahead so that you yeah. probably win. Kind of. Combo. It's
0: kind of like a get fucked. Oh shit! The clock is running out. Deck. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't. I, yeah. That's why I put it at tier three. I don't really like it very much. I don't think that you should bring it. I, I, would, I don't like it either. And, yes. and I haven't
1: actually run into it at all. Yeah. But it. Some copies like some players did really well. with It's true. It, it, it is games. strong.
0: Um, instead of that for tier two, I put Demir Rogues because I've been playing Demir Rogues, and I still mm. think it's good and because i think it has a good matchup against ultimatum uh because you turn into your control deck in the um in the sideboarder games um so any any blue stuff uh anytime if you're playing against uh, luca and things like that when you can counter key pieces um i like having Demir rogues around but uh but yeah it's still the um the well it works really well if you're playing against Night adventures because they like to keep drawing their whole deck with showdown of the skulls and i've been playing a bunch of people who are like do you not know that i'm milling you out right now and you drew yeah. your entire deck did you really play stop
1: drawing eight cards man. they're like oh here's
0: another innkeeper now i'm gonna play a bone crusher i'm like have fun cool i'm gonna play yeah. one land and win the game
1: <laughs> then they're like discarding the hand size to also pump up your number of cards in exactly reading.
0: yeah so um anyway i, I still think uh D- rogues is is being sl- slept on a little bit by, by my friend jeff here um and hey i love Rose i know you man. do i know you do
1: i love it uh it pained me to put it in yeah three. I, I
0: think um i i like it because i've played it a lot but i do think some
1: of these super fast decks are just like ugh, it's so hard um that's my issue with it is that i think it's bad against gruel and i think it's bad against winota
0: i think it's yeah. worse against winota i'm more confident in the gruel matchup that it feels l- um, I don't think R- Rogues is favored, but I think it has a better shot against Gruel than, than Winota.
1: I just feel like it used to be true, you know, way back at, back in my day when I played <laughs> Demir Rogues and Gruel Adventures. That matchup was always that uh, Rogues had a really solid game one, but then they side in a bunch of Ox and and it made games two and three really hard, so the matchup ended up being pretty even. And now I just don't feel like we have the game one advantage anymore. Um, and so it's just like, I think Gruul is actually a little favored game one and then really favored in, in the post board games. If they, if they sideboard, if they put Ox of yeah. in their sideboard and, uh, I feel like
0: I usually like go straight mill mode for the next two games against, uh, Gruul or against, um, uh, any of those decks that like, because gruel is now playing a bunch of like two ones and like two twos. Uh, having the, the sweeper that kills anything that's not a rogue or a crab or whatever, um, you can get a lot of their small stuff. And then the only problem is, like, obviously the gold span dragon, but then we still have counters for the ember cleave and, and different things like that. So I've, uh, I still feel okay, but I don't, I, I know that it's not favored, but um, but yeah, I, I do love milling out <laughs> some of those decks that think that they're going to kill me fast enough. Uh, yeah. and it doesn't work out. It just
1: feels bad because you like, can't do a lot about the Magda stuff either. Like If they get treasures, they're just going to get Embercleave into play, and there's nothing you can actually do about it. Yeah,
0: once Embercleave is in play, it's rough. It's, yeah. You can't do it. And the Magda
1: has a way to play it without... like that gets if around they, counterspell. That's
0: true. If they, they pull it from the deck um with all the treasures okay
1: i i same with goldspan like they can sneak it in yeah i haven't played a ton of rogues recently and you've been playing it more obviously yeah um but i just think it's hard for me to 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 recommend it when the what i think are the two best decks i can only imagine the matchup is bad
0: yeah and, and that's the reason why we <laughs> <laughs> because i think yeah. ultimatum made him still pretty good so and i like that matchup
1: a bit better so um, but rogues did okay this weekend, yeah. so MTG Data had it pretty good, actually, at 55.9%, mm. but it's exactly what we're saying. It really kicked the crap out of the Sultimatum decks, and got its ass kicked by Gruul and by uh, Naya. So <laughs> Naya Winota. Yeah,
0: so there you go.
1: But then again, everything kicked the crap out of Sultai this past weekend, except Rakdos, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, whatever, whatever. Let's just move on to tier three. What, what's the deck we think is tier three?
1: <laughs> All right, so I had rogues here, obviously, but the deck we kind of both agree lands solidly here is Prismari Dragons. So, uh, And we both basically have the same comment that this is a standard 2022 deck, and it's just, why would you play a standard 2022 deck in full power? In, in a current standard.
0: Uh, yeah, Yeah. I like that it's becoming more of a dragon deck.
1: That's kind of fun. It's like actually plausible to call it dragons now. Yeah, uh, there's <laughs>
0: there's more than just the two now. There's three, so yeah. um, there's more
1: than like six copies of dragons total. Although I guess it's 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 approaching the number of rogues that are in Demir Rose. That's true. You know? That is very true. So, <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, like this is the deck that we're gonna look more at once we get rotation because it's pro- it has like the best cards in it from for uh, post post uh, rotation standard, but. Yeah, for now just uh, don't need second
1: that. most I think Mono Green actually is probably the is the, the, the one that's gonna be the be- the, the, the de facto best deck post. I guess I was just talking consoles.
0: about uh this deck gets to play Goldspan and uh Elrin's Epiphany. Which Mono Oh Green yeah
1: is. oh sorry, it has the best cards. Cards, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Part the best individual cards. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um so it'll be yeah. s-
1: although I think the Cadillac will be high on that it'll be in the top five. Really? All right. I kind oh, of the Cadillac's so good.
0: Yeah. I just feel like I don't love the Cadillac. (laughs) I think it's fun to say, but it feels like every time I play it, it's just not good enough. And, um, so like
1: you had this feeling in limited too where you were like i don't know i've played games with the cadillac and lost and yeah I was like i have never experienced a game of limited where somebody played this card and lost the game it, had, it, it was a constant with and against it plenty yeah, of times I, for you it was somehow the opposite yeah
0: i don't know <laughs> i was maybe i was playing it and wrong i think that's entered
1: your mind a about it not being that good. i feel
0: like i've played other decks and i just like don't love the cadillac maybe I just don't know how to use the cadillac uh I, I don't know how to drive it very well. I don't it's know. It's Probably
1: like start. a hybrid situation where I overrated and you underrated. Yeah, and it's and really somewhere so, in between. Exactly, <laughs> we're in this weird
0: space. Um, but yeah, we also had some. Uh, you had your fun decks. You wanted to what? What just like, happy fun time tier? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also good to hey, you know, if you want to just play this weekend, play whatever fun deck you want to. You've built whatever you think might be good. If you want to play Racto
1: Sacrifice, uh, that's right. So all I've talked about how you should play Naya. Winota or Gruul Adventures and all that. Um, I'm probably gonna play Rakdos Sacrifice by playing it, <laughs> so just because I've been having a lot of fun yeah. playing this deck. Like, how could you not root for this deck? It plays iTwitch. and it <laughs> plays Serrated Scorpion, and it plays like a a card that just makes two one ones. Like, don't you want this scrappy bunch of underdogs to come together and win the whole thing? I like
0: those first two. I don't like the one that makes two one ones very much, but. <laughs>
1: Most most of these cards are so bad that it's like, I just love this deck. Because, like, half the cards are insanely powerful in this context, and half of them are so bad that it's just like, I love this deck. <laughs> like, like, who thought Twitch was going to see Constructed play? And it's one of the better cards in the deck because of the synergies. Yeah,
0: I did not see it coming. but yeah.
1: <laughs> It's one of those things where I think the worst card in, in my build currently is Woe Strider somehow, and I'm trying to, like cut Woe Strider because it's just always bad um because it's like a card that's good on power level but then it's not at the power level of current standard It's like I don't know why this is in my deck and it's because I have to play claim the firstborn so maybe I'm gonna cut some claims and see if that lets me cut Woe Strider (laughs) but uh that's where we're at you know I'm gonna cut Woe Strider for something that is like really bad it's gonna be like you see a pair of goblins, is going to replace it or something. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> but yeah, I love this deck. No one, and I actually no one think would it's competitive. see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. This is an open deck list like the SCG event <laughs> That's true. Is, right? um, and I think this deck is honestly, if I probably had to rate it, I'd put it like somewhere between tier three and tier two. And I've been playing it and you know, doing pretty well with it in these competitive events. I have it at a place where it can beat Sultai, um, but sometimes it sometimes it gets overpowered, right? Like sometimes you have Eye Twitch and whatever, and they have Goldspan Dragon, yeah. and you're like, "What am I doing? Like, why am I... <laughs> but other times it's like you drop the, God, I can't remember the name of this enchantment, but uh...
0: Bastion of Remembrance.
1: Yes, thank you. Sometimes you drop that, and it's like I can't lose. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing my opponent can do about this card, and I'm they're at like sixteen. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to kill them. <laughs> And it feels like that sometimes against especially Naya Adventures where it's like, I'm literally going to block your random 5-5s five every turn, and that's going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, You're like, you want to attack with your Apollo? I twitch blocks. <laughs> like, boom. Get it. Get a thing that makes two 1-1s. One and uh, I put a mascot exhibition in my sideboard, so that was fun. Nice. And that actually won me a game against Sultai <laughs> where I was able to block an Elder Gargaroth and a Vorn Klex so that I didn't die and the triggers from Bastion of Remembrance killed them. So <laughs> that, was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then the other deck I've really actually had a lot of success with on the ladder, I won like 11 games in a row. I, it was like plat one and I went up straight up to diamond, or plat four and I went up to diamond four with Esper Control, which is basically those old school Demir Control decks, you know, from back in the day with Yorion, but almost no reason to play Yorion other than, it's a free card for a control deck. And then they just play, like, Ugin at the top end and Ashiox and, like, you know, the, the sweepers. You're basically playing that deck, but now you have Imrith as an actual finisher. And then you also splash white for Vanishing Verse. And that deck's been super fun, too. Um, I don't think it's actually... I wouldn't recommend playing it if you're trying to win because it's it, it, it has the problems of a control deck that you draw the wrong cards the wrong answers if your answers don't line up then you lose. But when your answers do line up it feels like you can't lose. So that's kind of cool. And Imrith is just really strong.
0: Yeah. As far as my happy fun tier goes, um I don't have one. Play uh play a deck that wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: play Winona. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um so, so that
1: that's sh- that kind of leads into best of one
0: I yeah guess. but but wrapping up best of three will really quickly like if you could pick one deck to say hey play this one deck which one would it be
1: for best of three uh i would pick gruel adventures with naya winota a very close second
0: yeah i think that's uh basically exactly what i would say too um those are decks that have been around for a while, so you might know how to play them already, so jumping back in on them would be great. Uh, I might lean a little bit more towards my um, Naya, Winota, if you have them, uh, just because you know I, I would feel like it would be fun to jump in between best of one and best of three. Which leads us into best of one. The deck I think you should play is probably Naya, Winota. But there are uh, yeah. a, a few other ones that uh, actually aren't... Part of the best of three format which is pretty interesting
1: yeah that's kind of cool so i think the tier one decks are basically uh red or white based aggro yes that's like all of it playing mono white aggro mono red to aggro get into tier one here uh you can play boros winota instead of that's the old version of naya but i think i would just play naya winota i think it's just better yeah but then like for example there's to your point mono white life gain yeah so that's the deck with you know, uh, Heliod and Daxos and, uh, and the uh, the one drop that Speaker of the Heavens, heavens that makes angels.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. this deck is um, really you know if, if you've uh, it's very popular with new players to Arena, and mm-hmm. uh, because it gains just a butt ton of life, and it really feels like you, you know, you, you you can attack. And never have to worry about, you know, dying on the crackback because you have so much life all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's fairly fun to pilot, and I, I would definitely recommend playing this thing. I mean, it, people know about it pretty well, and they will remove the key pieces that you need to have down. So just be aware of that if you're going to play this, this deck. Um, but it's definitely super fun, and you would have a good time. <laughs> That's what I feel like.
1: It is fun, yeah. Um, The other thing I'll say is like, because, so best of one, the general outlook is that you want to be super linear. Mm -hmm. You want to be ultra aggressive or you want to be like preying on the ultra aggressive decks with a, you know, straight control deck. That's all removal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of the hand smoother, that gives the nod to aggro because aggro gets like a, a boon that it doesn't normally get where it's guaranteed or much more likely to get the Mm -hmm. two-land three-land hand it needs. Part of the reason mono-white life gain is so good is because it's explosive and fast, but also it gains a ton of life. And if aggro is the name of the game in the format, gaining life becomes a lot more valuable. Yeah. So that's what makes it, you know, one of the best decks in the format. Definitely tier one, maybe even the best deck.
0: Yeah, it it really could be. Um, But besides that, like, the other ones are... Uh, things we'd seen before, like Boros Cycling, um, the mono-red aggro deck from uh, Best of Three. Um, but these are all just like, you know, hyper-linear versions, so they won't have uh, any sort of... Um, they're, they're not going to be able to change up their game plan at all. You're basically just... You, you choose whether totally. you're going to be the aggressor or you're going to try to prey on those decks. And um, and yeah, I was actually playing a bit of just mono-white aggro, not the life game version today. Just to, mm-hmm. to see what's like in that environment, um, which I had a lot of fun. That was just like um, uh, basically, it's this mono white deck that uh, is playing a bunch of the oh, if you double spell, you get a bunch of tokens, or you're playing Paolo uh, and the dog and uh, Lunark Aspirant, and um, you're, take, you're playing Skyclave Apparition. And actually, the top end, I had one copy of Master of Flowers. Oh, nice. Uh, which is pretty fun because then you're playing all the, uh, the uh, Monk of the Open Hand. Uh, because right. you want to double spell all the time and the uh, paladin class, just mm-hmm. to pump all your little tokens uh, and all the mainlands that you can kind of get, basically, and it was it was great. I was doing actually very well with it. I was like, this is pretty awesome.
1: Um, nice. And I, you know, <laughs> I like
0: mono white, so I I would probably, if I was going to do best of one, I might just play that because I would know how to play it. Um, which you yeah, know, it's
1: totally one of the better decks yeah. in the format. And so.
0: and to that point, just like you know a lot of the times playing a deck that you know more than maybe it's not the top or the best or whatever but if you know how to play a tier two deck better than a tier one deck play the deck that you're better at because you'll probably have a better uh better
1: outcome and and also fun is is also a tiebreaker exactly If, if you're between two decks and one is just a deck you enjoy playing um then you're going to at least have fun while you're playing. Exactly. Uh, and probably even do better, because I always do better with decks I actually enjoy than, than decks I hate. Yeah,
0: and well, because then the whole time you're just like, oh, these cards are so stupid, why am I playing? Okay, fine, I'll yeah, yeah, throw this fine. dumb card out. Oh, that guy killed? Yeah, that's what I thought, because this card's so Go, it's all
1: play Emergent Ultimate. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously we have a lot more to say about Best of Three than Best of One, because we usually play Best of Three. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh picking any any uh great agro deck, how to play mono green as well, any of those things uh for best of one seems seems great uh have a great weekend and your arena open. I hope you get two thousand dollars playing, yeah. whatever you're playing,
1: and we'll take our ten percent, which is one thousand dollars just send it mm-hmm. to us and we'll, yeah
0: yeah, it's just uh well just a uh, ten is one thousand it's really really simple that way, um yeah. But yeah, anyway, Jeff, do you have any last thoughts before we go to last call?
1: No, I think I'm, I'm thought of that.
0: <laughs> All my thoughts are out. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, we're going to go to last call and get the last beers of the night. Here we go. Ready? Big reveal time.
1: It's going to be hard because the cans look so similar.
0: There we go. Three, two, one. Oh, oh shit. wow. We did it. Wow, so we switched <laughs> beers. We picked, uh, I picked, yeah. I picked uh, Beach Freak.
1: <laughs> and I picked uh, White how did i forget that what <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: so as always we rate our beers on a score of uh, a score is it do we always say score or is this a s- rink a scale yes yeah, maybe the scale of a bronze to mythic uh just like the tiers in arena that's convenient wow what a coincidence that's so weird how did that happen yeah. Um, and as always, uh, this has nothing to do, it doesn't reflect on anyone who's in these specific tiers. This is just how we rate beers because it's fun.
1: Oh, oh I, I thought that the people in bronze tier are trash. Is that not why we were doing this?
0: No, uh, no it's not. No. Don't say that. Because
1: okay. <laughs> I, I would be trash then. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what I was going on. Yeah, uh,
0: so like Jeff alluded to, bronze beer is trash. It is terrible. Uh, you hate it, and you just pour it down the drain, throw it in the garbage, get it out of my sight.
1: Yeah, silver is like, you know, basically they don't have much going on. Macro brews would tend to fall in this category.
0: Gold is, yeah, it's fine, but you don't really think you're going to drink it very often.
1: Uh, platinum is solid. I uh, think you will drink it again.
0: Diamond is, this is exceptional, and you're going to re- recommend this to your friends and bring it to a party
1: probably? And Mythic is the best of the best. You would recommend this to pretty much anyone who will listen.
0: Yeah, so... All right, how do we want to start? Which beer do we want to start with right this week?
1: Let's start with mine, meaning the one that you picked.
0: All right, Beach Freak. So we're talking about Beach yeah. Freak. All right, so this is the Pale Ale from Black Bellows. Both of our beers are from Black Bellows, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, overall, the what probably won me over was the art on the can. Uh, yeah. So fun. Check out our Instagram. You'll be able to see the art, but, um, yeah, I, I like that. But as far as the beer goes, it's, it's pretty light for a pale ale. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not too, uh, was it bitter? Um, and it's, it actually is something that you could probably drink on the beach, but, um,
1: but for the most part, yeah, I think that's probably what they were going for, right? Yeah. Oh, crushable sessionable. Exactly. But it, but it's not really low alcohol. It's like 5.1 or something. It's
0: 5.1% and uh, it says that there's supposed to be strawberry, citrus, and tropical. Huh. Well, none of that comes through. Uh, it no. tastes No, not even close. <laughs> it, it tastes very like uh, um, pale ale but almost a little like watered down. Like it's chill. <laughs> like it's very chill pale ale.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the as soon as I took my first sip, I just kind of thought uh, kind of boring, I guess, and mm-hmm. not necessarily in a bad way. Just, uh, you know, it it just didn't have a lot of different flavors going on in it or anything like that. Um, so I don't know. It it kind of reminded me of more of a logger than actually a a pale ale.
0: Yeah, I could kind of see that. It has like a logger with more more going on than a logger, but um,
1: but yeah, for the most part, it. I'd pick this out in a blind taste test against a lager, but Mm -hmm. it's closer than it should be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: But if that's what you're looking for, then that's great. Yeah, that's true. Because, like you said, it's a beach beer. Maybe that's what they are shooting for. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So I'd probably give, like, platinum on label, but, like, gold, low gold for a beer. I have it gold. Yeah, pretty pretty gold. Um, Yeah, not my favorite, but uh, this next one... (laughs) Let's talk about the beer that I brought that you're drinking.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is the Wit Beer with Elderflower. Mm-hmm. And I think this one for me, because it had slightly more going on than that one, it still is a bit too, like, bland for me in the sense that I don't really get strong. Okay, this is a Wit Beer, and I don't get a strong Elderflower or basically any of the stuff that was promised. But I no. you get some of it and a little bit more than I got in the other one.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's because I had that one first, but it was just very weedy in all the ways I don't like
1: wheat beers very much. Right, yes, this, was... this comes back with you. That's why I was surprised you brought the wheat beer.
0: Well, the elder, I love elderflower so much, but this seems to have almost <coughs> none of it. Um, I will like to, yeah. so on the, the can it does say that uh, it's beer with relentless creativity, and I feel like they're very creative with the things they say their beer is going to be, and then it just right. isn't <laughs> at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's I don't want to like, yet. like I, I don't. I've never been to this brewery, um, but I've never heard of them before. And trying these two beers, I'm like, okay, all right, um, maybe I can skip that on the tour. So yeah, <laughs> um, it's yeah. just
1: such bold advertising with the relentless creativity and the forge ahead and stuff, mm-hmm. and their beers just. <laughs> They're both pretty bland. <laughs> Which is funny, because
0: most of the time, uh, there's a lot of beers that are like, why did you make this weird, funky thing that's just way all over the place? Yeah, this is
1: too weird when mm-hmm. they're advertising the, the creativity. And
0: yeah, whatnot. and yeah. this one's like, I was thinking it was going to be big punches, and it feels like everything was just kind of like, yeah, watered down a little bit. Just like, yeah. oh. Um, yeah. Almost with that in mind, I didn't love the, the white very much, um,
1: I think for me it's just like exactly what you're saying. This tasted more like a wheat than that one tasted like a pale ale to me, I guess. So that was what edged it over but you don't like uh, some Weed. of these characteristics yeah. of wheat that are showing up.
0: So. so then I was just happy to drink a different beer afterwards and was like, all right, I'm just going to keep drinking the same one.
1: <laughs> I think I, I almost had it the opposite. Where I had the pale ale first. I was like, oh, it's kind of boring. I'm almost certainly going to end up picking Zach's beer tonight. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> what, that's
0: the first step I had of the the white was like, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick the other one I didn't have right now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So for the white, like I'm never going to pick this up again. Um, and I'm... I don't know. I still have
1: this at gold for me.
0: Yeah, I... But, but
1: I, like, higher in gold than the other one.
0: I'm pretty low gold on this one. I don't want to say silver, because I don't think it's... It
1: doesn't really meet the criteria of, like, nothing going on, I guess. But it doesn't... Silver.
0: But it also doesn't have the things that... It ha- I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a judgment call for you, bro. Oh. I, I have them both in gold. This one's, like, mid-gold, and the other one's, like it's like gold four versus gold three kind of thing interesting
0: well i had beach freak already at like gold four so (laughs) it's
1: like (laughs) you give it the silver one yeah
0: um i don't know if i feel like it's it deserves silver but uh whatever it's i'm gonna give it the color of the can which is silver i don't like it (laughs) okay so sorry black bellows um, I'm sure there's something else that you make that I will like, but uh, these ones were not hitting me right tonight. Um, so anyway, I think that brings us to uh, to closing time. You can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram,
1: or you can play against us under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Probably not in the Arena Open. We don't tend to spend the podcast account <laughs> gems on that
0: yeah probably um, not but if you do see it and it's racto sacrifice you can 100 percent bet that <laughs> jeff is wasting our <laughs> gems
1: <laughs> and if it's demir rogues you know who it is so, yeah <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs>
0: um if you want to talk to me personally you can find me at Zulberg on twitter and instagram that's z-e-u-l-b-e-r-g but jeff where can they find
1: you can find me at twitter i'm at bluesbrews mdg spelled like it sounds
0: Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Um, Please follow us on Spotify and Stitcher, Anchor, anywhere that you listen to this podcast right now, and go to our YouTube channel, uh, click the bell icon for whenever we're going to get videos up there, or just, you know, leave us a comment to talk about whatever you want to talk about, because we just would love to talk to you, (laughs) too.
1: (laughs) We'd love for you to tell us why your favorite deck was not included in our tier list and how we're stupid for omitting it, so. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you seek to win perpetually, play Winota and conjure up $2,000. Good night.
0: (sighs) All right, that's fine.